Ready for the interview And if you get a cue Live on the laptop Watch what I'm gonna do Welcome to the show Let them know we got a point of view Hey, yo Let's have a combo Say what you feel Be real, that's the motto Real talk, pronto Doctor D, PhD Hit the intro Hold up, wait Gotta be social Network global Home for the locals Gotta be social Network global Home for the locals we're here in Dr. D's social network, this time with Sarah Marcella. Sarah, thanks for being on. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. So people don't realize I, I've been talking to Sarah a lot, actually, <laughs> like because as soon as I talked to her, like in a pre-interview type of thing, I said, there's something way bigger here. So we're planning this big series and stuff, but we wanted to kick off the introduction to Sarah uh, with kind of a, a general discussion. For that. So uh, yeah. Sarah has an amazing deal she's doing with van life and the booty bus, a little different than you think. So let's let's go from the beginning. Like okay, yeah. The origin of Sarah Marcella. Everybody has an origin story. What's yours? Oh man. Um, well, I was born in Cumberland, Maryland. No, I won't go back that far. Yeah. Um, no, so um I've been a photographer now since I was 15 years old, and I kind of fell into photography. Um, literally, um, I was in marching band, fell and had a life-threatening injury. I fell on my saxophone and cut my spleen in half and, uh, could not march in the band any longer. So picked up a camera and started photographing the band and, um, really had like no life path before that. Like I didn't have any idea of what I wanted to do. Um, and I fell in love with photography so quickly and went to college for photography and graphic design. Um, a few years later, started my business, Sarah Marcella Creative. Um, and then COVID happened. And um, just like everyone, we kind of had to pivot and figure out like a new way to run our businesses, especially photography. It's not, photography is like a luxury for most people. Um, it's definitely not an essential business. So um, in 2021, I purchased a 30 foot school bus to live out of full time, um, which I dubbed Shakti and Shakti is the highest divine feminine power in the universe and started the build out process did it in about two and a half months with some of my friends in Alexandria and my father here in Cumberland, Maryland, where I grew up. And uh, yeah, about three months after I bought her, I was on the road and uh, started the booty bus business, which is empowering women and non-binary individuals through uh, boudoir, natural boudoir photography. How did you come across like wanting to do boudoir photography Ooh, and, and explain well, I, what that is? Because yeah. some of the list listeners probably don't know what that what that is. Of course, of course. Okay, so boudoir is something I've always wanted to do. It's been near and dear to my heart ever since I became a photographer. However, the traditional sense of boudoir is like, think those like pinup girl photos, like very um, over the top hair, makeup, heels. Normally, you rent out a space like a beautiful home or hotel room. Um, they tend to be more on like the sexy side. Um, they're very empowering, but a lot of times like the traditional sense of boudoir, a lot of women have done it in the past for their partners. Um, however, that's never spoken to me because I think that boudoir can be 
so much more empowering than just doing it for someone else. And it should be, it doesn't have to be, but it could be a really beautiful process to fall in love with yourself more. So I decided to create a more spiritual, natural approach to boudoir. So all my photographs or all my boudoir photography on the road take place outside uh, in nature. And I, um, I ask the clients to come as their natural selves and I do not do any retouching unless it's something that's temporary. So if you have a bruise or a pimple, I will retouch that, but I do not retouch stretch marks or scars or any type of like body enhancements, none of that. It's all coming and loving yourself exactly in this moment where you are in life. So tell me a little bit about how you formed your philosophy about like empowerment and spirituality especially the female non-binary side. What's the history there? Um, so I wasn't really spiritual until, until I started my road trip, which was in uh, late 2019, early 2020. No, late 2020, early 2021. And I went on a cross-country road trip. I had never spent more than 24 hours by myself. At this point, <laughs> I was 30 years old when I started. And um, originally, so a little bit more about my backstory, I got married at 22, divorced at 27. Um, I came out at 27. And um, so I, I really had never been on my own. And I have lived on my own, but I always surround myself with people. I don't, I, before this, I never liked being by myself. So this was a huge challenge for me to like go across the country. I'd, I had never driven more than eight hours by myself. I was super nervous and I fell in love with it immediately. Like by my second day, I had driven from um, my second day driving was from Louisville to Colorado Springs. So about a third of the country in one day, um, I have no problems with insomnia or getting tired at the wheel. So it was actually not that challenging for me. And on that journey is when I really started to get in touch with my own spirituality, because I was so afraid so often that, and I've always known that a Christian God is not the God for me, but I needed something. I wanted some type of spirituality. And so um, I found my spirituality on this trip. I just, I reached out to the universe a lot and just asked her for support and not asking her to like necessarily give me things. Um, but I would just ask her to give me strength. And one of the things that I really, I, I said to myself a lot on my road trip is you might be uncomfortable, but you're not going to die. My first night um, living out of my car, it was like, I think it was like 25 degrees. And I got into my campsite after dark. You never want to do that, except especially a new campsite, especially as a first time car camper, you never want to get into your campsite after dark. Um, but I had gotten lost and um I just kept repeating that to myself. I kept saying like, you might be uncomfortable, but you're not going to die. So that's when my spirituality really started to open up. And I just realized that what I was doing in life wasn't fulfilling me. Um, I was doing a lot of like editorial photography, still doing a lot of retouching. And I just knew that it wasn't like giving me joy. And I decided to shift into something. I was like, you know what? I've realized now that I can live off of a third of what I used to because of COVID. So if I can figure out a way to just make that amount of money and live on the road, like I, I can totally live this lifestyle. So that's where, that's where it all started was with that, that three month road trip in my Subaru Forester. It's kind of amazing, right? How um, spirituality kind of just blossoms and 
and a lot of people than you think it wouldn't. You know, do you feel like it's something that's wired into humans to seek something greater than themselves? Um, I don't know about that. I think that we all want to believe that we have a purpose in life. And so I think sometimes spirituality helps with that purpose, um, especially for those of us who feel like lost a lot of times. And that's how I felt. I felt really lost. Mm. And I felt like I wasn't living the life that I really deserved to live. And that was my, all my own doing. Like everything I had done to that point, like all the decisions I had made were all my own doing. Um, but I was hindering myself for so long because of my fear and my anxiety. So I think for some people like myself, um, finding spirituality really helps with that anxiety and that feeling of like impending doom, which I think a lot of us are feeling right now. And uh, currently what's going on in the world. And I know I was very hesitant to get into spirituality. It's not something that I was open to most of my life. And then why would I you say, why, why is that? Um, I was raised Catholic. So oh, I, I see Catholic, no more yeah. explanations. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I was raised Catholic and, and, um, and coming out later in life, I, so I was raised Catholic, but then whenever I was uh, dating my ex-husband in high school, we were going to, to church three times a week, church mm-hmm. twice a week for him at, at Southern Baptist, uh, which is not friendly. At least my experience is not friendly <laughs> to the gay. And my hometown no. in general really has struggled with um they're doing a lot better now. It's pretty incredible how far they've come, but this area was not safe or I never felt safe. I never had any gay role models growing up. I didn't even really know what a lesbian was until I went to college, even though I knew I was in love with women at a young age. Like I, I didn't have any role models. I had no one to yeah. look up to. I was, there was no one that I could go to and be like, so I like women and not men. Um, so a lot of like my disagreement with with a Christian God and with spirituality came from that. I didn't know you could be spiritual without being a Christian. Like for me, yeah. spirituality and religion was all the same. And it wasn't <laughs> until I really started on my journey and I was like, oh, you don't have to be Christian or religious to be spiritual. And yeah, so that's where it all, that's, that's where it all started. I think that's a common misconception. You know, I think, oh, yeah. um, religion is just, is one outgrowth of spirituality. It's one component. Yeah. And, um, I think, you know, a lot of stuff in life is what you're exposed to or what you're not exposed to and who told you things. Yeah. You know, it's important to come to your own decision on things, yeah. whatever that may be. Actually, a, a buddy of mine, we do an every two week episode on my podcast. It's all about reviewing movies. It's kind of silly, but it's oh, like, cool. okay, like yeah. bad 80s movies. We love it, though. Oh, it's hilarious. I'm going to have to start listening. To that it's podcast. really good. It's called Arbiters of Bad Taste every two Ooh, weeks. I love it. I love it. <laughs> we just we just uh, reviewed Demolition Man from back in the day. Love okay. that movie. And heard uh, it, so I'm going to have to check I, that it's out. Good. It's like Wesley Snipes, Sylvester Stallone. It's like a total okay. like guys okay. action movie type of thing. But all right. Talks about the future like it's like where we're at in the future and this utopian society, that's not great. But anyway, we end up talking a lot about um, spirituality in it as well, uh, because we both believe in God. And uh, and I think it's interesting, but we're also very open to many different forms of spirituality and ideas. Yeah. I think you can learn something from so many different aspects of that. And oh, I think I agree. people experience so much spirituality, especially in nature. 
and what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. Uh, you feel so small in nature in many ways. You see the grandeur of it. And I imagine yes. that must influence when you're taking these pictures. Oh, oh, feeling, oh it totally does. Right? It depends on where I'm at in the country. Like, I can tell you right now, Sedona, Arizona is one of the most spiritual places Love I've ever Sedona. been. Sedona. Love oh Sedona. my God. That is where I made the decision. I know that's where I lived. So, um, I was in Sedona. I wasn't even supposed to be in Sedona. I was mm -hmm. going from Scottsdale, Arizona to the Grand Canyon. And again, I, I do not get sleepy at the wheel. I have never gotten tired driving. And for some reason I'm passing through Sedona and I'm like, I need to get coffee right now. Like I'm going yeah. to fall asleep at the wheel. So I drank some coffee, sat in a parking lot. And then all of a sudden I was like, this is not a coffee fix. Like this is a pullover you're going to have to spend the night somewhere fixed. So um, that was my first time experiencing what's called BLM land, Bureau of Land Management. Mm -hmm. So that's all free land that you can camp on for up to two weeks. Um, just in case anyone out there doesn't know what that is. It's great. It's very, there's no facilities. It's, it's purely like primitive camping is what it's called. So it's on dirt roads. Um, you need to make sure you can get out of the spot. Uh, no, like a lot of times you can't have like a low riding car, but my Super Forcer did fine. And I pulled up and I decided to camp next to like a group of vans, but I was far enough away that I wasn't like threatening to them. And, but I wanted, I mean, as a solo female camper, this is my first time on free land. I was like, I just needed a minute to like get a little confidence before I like went out and was totally by myself. So I camped next to them for one night. The next morning I was like dying to go say hi to them. They had three dogs running around their campground. And I went over and introduced myself and spent the next two weeks with them. And they became like, that is now my van fam, which consists of like probably over a hundred different people, but they're like my immediate van fam. So whenever we're traveling the country, we meet up. I actually just texted one today, um, Bethany, to train my parents' dogs virtually. So like we nice. still are in contact. Yeah, it's like, and you get so close to these people because it's almost like your roommates because you're all in the same campground. So you spend, you eat all your meals together, you go hiking together, you play music together. Like you're doing everything together. So within like two weeks, you have fallen in love with these people in a special way. Um, and that's, again, that's where in Sedona is where I met them. And that's where I decided to, to do this full time. And, um, so that's a really spiritual place for me, but the shoots totally lend themselves to the nature that's around. So like Joshua tree. Oh my gosh. Amazing. What a powerful, yeah. What a powerful place. Um, I've been shooting in a lot of, uh, Appalachia recently. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Be here on the East coast. And soon I'm going to be like in the mountains of Denver. So I'm very excited to see like how that feels. Um, yeah, but each place, it feels totally, and it's it's not just the place, so it's also the women who come to the camera, yeah. because I don't expect them to come with a spiritual, like, harder spiritual guidance. Like, that is not the point of the shoot. Um, I try to, in my, on my website, I do see that it's a spiritual experience, and what I mean by that is I just want you to come to the camera and understand that it, this is going to allow you to have a deeper love for yourself. That's where I'm coming from. I'm never trying to influence anyone in any other way. Um, but yeah, so it's all, it's all about the women and all about the locations that I shoot. That's beautiful. I've been to a lot of these places you've talked about. I'm like, it's kind of funny. Like there's just so much, I grew up in a military family. So I lived all over the world oh, and yep. country. Yep. I just like, and have moved cross country so many times. Maybe that was part of the appeal of like, um, when I reached out to you 
is I just I love traveling. And I felt like this was just such an interesting intersection between travel and photography and spirituality. And uh, as uh, the listeners, you'll find this interest. This is kind of a behind the scenes thing. But Sarah doesn't think like her life's all that interesting, which I thought was hilarious. But I met her like, like, it's actually really interesting. I mean, I guess whenever it comes down to it, I feel like, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just such like day-to-day things now for me. Um, I, it used to freak me out whenever I didn't know where I was staying for the night, but I've gotten really, really comfortable with staying at truck stops. That's, I mean, I love a good truck stop. If anyone here is interested in van life, it's a really safe place to park. I highly suggest that over rest stops. Rest stops don't have the same amount of security. Right. You don't always have great lighting. And sometimes you're going to be there with one other person. Truck stops are great. They've got bathrooms. They've got lightings. They normally have video surveillance. There's always people come in going. You might need a pair of earplugs. But besides that, like, I love truck stops. So after I got kind of like got over that fear, like everything just feels. And I, I would definitely say like I am no expert at all whenever it comes to van life. I am still like a baby van lifer compared to most of my <laughs> van, van fam. <laughs> I am a baby van lifer. I used to be a baby gay and then I, I graduated. Baby gay. Like, <laughs> I was a baby gay. I was a baby gay and now I'm like uh, an adolescent to like, maybe, no, maybe I'm like an adult gay now. Adult I really gay, have come yeah. In, yeah, I'm an adult gay. I've really come into <laughs> my identity as a lesbian. Um, uh, but yeah, now I'm a baby van lifer and I'm, I'm learning the process. Um, one of the things that I had to do yesterday uh, I've had a minor leak in the bus and I couldn't figure out where it was coming from. Turns out I did not seal two of my screws that I drilled into my extra solar panels that I just put on. Yes. So that was fun. I had my dad spraying the outside of the bus and he's like, yeah, kiddo, you missed a, you missed a waterproof in this section. I was like, yeah, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I was listening so to that when you put the audio yeah. in or the series, I was like, this is a, this is like, off the cuff conversation. This is what yeah, I want for I hope this. You don't mind. No, it was great. So we're collecting all this audio for the series and they kind of preview. This is going to be an awesome series. It's going to basically be Sarah's life on the road and getting ready to go. And we're going to, it's going to be very immersive. And I think this feeling that you're, that we're going to capture van life and her pictures and interviews with people and and really give it, make it have justice because what she's doing is incredible. I, I'm really into it. And I wanted to make this a big project for that. I I believe in this. Thank you. I'm excited. I'm excited. And I, I hope that I'm able to able to capture the true van life spirit Mm -hmm. of sweating in 98 degrees, but also waking up to a beautiful sunrise because it really is like, it's not an easy lifestyle. I think any van lifer will tell you that it's a, it's like, whenever you choose to do this, you're not choosing it to like, I had one friend tell me, she's like, Oh, so you're just going, you just want to go out to the desert and party all the time. I'm like, no, 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 (laughs) no, 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 no. This is, it's a very, it's, it's a taxing lifestyle. You know, there's a lot that you've got to figure out. There's a lot of chores that you don't think about when you live in a house. Um, I, one of the biggest things is like, I make a lot a lot less waste because it's hard to find places to put the waste. Yeah. So getting rid of garbage isn't as easy as just throwing your trash can and having a, a guy or a woman come pick it up at the end of the week. Um, so there's a lot of little things that you don't think about 
and it's the same i'm sure with a house like when you get houses are always breaking down mm -hmm. but it's hard whenever it's like your house like for me it's my house it's my business it's my vehicle so when it breaks down i'm stranded like i am like i don't have a car to go anywhere i don't have a way to make income because that is how i make my money so it's there's a lot of figuring out a lot of, and yeah. I know a lot of van lifers who are in the same boat as me, where it's like, when you break down, it's like, and it happens a lot. It's all the yeah. time on Instagram. Yeah. And what's really beautiful about the community is, um, we all really support each other. So I have people, whenever I broke down my latest, most recent breakdown, uh, was about $2,600 and I got a thousand dollars in donations That's from friends. Awesome. Yeah. Just people like one friend that I went to high school with that, like, I haven't talked to since high school and I'm 32. So it's been a while. And, um, yeah, she sent me 50 bucks and I was just like, oh my, yeah. Just because people, I think they, they also like, they, I think a lot of people enjoy watching van lifers. So in order to like watch <laughs> and like enjoy their content, it's nice to see that you also want to like help them succeed so that you can live vicariously through them. So what is um what do you think the pull is towards van life that like becomes so popular what is it about it i think there are so 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 many reasons i think some people do it out of necessity mm -hmm. i think some people do it out of wanting financial freedom i think some people want to cut ties with capitalism in general and mm. not feel like they need to work a nine to five or be a certain place at a certain time like there's a lot there's so much freedom that comes with it which in turn, there's a lot of responsibility that comes with it. Um, but you make your own rules. Like you don't have to be at a certain place at a certain time. There's so much flexibility. You can go anywhere. You One night you can be in Utah and the next night you can be in California. It's a long drive, but you can do it, you know? So it's, it's I think that's what, um, I think everyone has their own reasoning, but I think just the freedom, whether it's financial or just, being able to like be out on the road. And I think people are also realizing how amazing life is living with less. I think that's a huge, yeah. I think that we, I, at least for me and my generation, I think we were brought up in a very like material world where it was like, bye, 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 bye. Um, and I think that's still going on, especially with like sites like Amazon and fast fashion. Like it's all about like buying as much as you can rather than quality. Um, and I think part of van life, like what's awesome about it is you can't own a lot. Like I, I have one of the biggest rigs. I think I do have the biggest rig in my van fam. Cause I do have a 30 foot school bus. Um, my reasoning for that is that I do photo shoots in them and I run a business out of it. I could have gone, I definitely could have downsized. Um, so I definitely have like the most stuff still out of my whole van fam, um, but I think that's a part of the appeal is, is getting rid of like these material, like earthly possessions and finding happiness in other ways. Yeah. I feel like, um, what's pulling me towards it too, with your story is that it's just people connecting with each other, oh, like in a God. very yeah. honest way, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's why I like to talk to people like as many yeah. people as possible, because I want to be an example, but also for myself to just always be taking in and hearing stories from other people and learning. And I would think like in this lifestyle that you actually learn more about humanity. Oh my God. And people are good. Yeah. There's a lot of good people out there. There's that's what so I want. There's so many good people. That's what I want to broadcast so too. 
Oh my God. The people are so good. So um, my partner and I had an engagement party in the desert in Joshua Tree. And um, one of the people who came, her name's Amy, love her dearly. She's really incredible. She works with bees, which is, we really need right now. We need people who, exactly. uh, yeah, who can help with our bee population. Anyway, so she came to our engagement party and um, I ran up to her. It was the first time I met her and we all left the next day. So it was like a one night type of thing. And I said, love you to her. I was like, love you, Amy. And she said, love you right back. And Morgan's like, didn't you just meet her like yesterday? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, why are you already saying love you? I'm like, that's mm -hmm. who we are. Like there's yeah. so much love and there's so much understanding and grace too inside of the community. There's not as much judgment because you, with people in the community, they come from all over the country. So there's people from everywhere coming together with all different mindsets, all different like socioeconomic backgrounds. Like everyone comes together. So there's no judgment. Well, I, I shouldn't say there's no judgment. I personally have not experienced any judgment. Yeah. Um, and it's just this beautiful, you're right, human connection. It's really, I, th I think that's my favorite part of the entire thing. Yeah. I mean, I think it has to be in a sense because people are starving for that, but I also think it's an, it's a narrative shift. And it's one of the things I want to put out there with your series is like, listen, she's traveling all over this country. And there's so many wonderful people. You don't just pay attention to one. So many wonderful people. one thing you're seeing like doom and gloom. And there's there's bad things oh, yeah. in life. But there is also an incredible amount of people. And honestly, so, most of the people oh you meet gosh. are really nice. They really are. Yeah. Like you're yeah. getting like weird stuff from the Internet. A lot of times you got to see through that as well. I too. think people share the people tend to share more scare tactic posts, too, because they yeah. get more likes and they get more shares. That's right. And they get like higher comments rather yeah. than sharing the good stuff. Like I think people tend to lean into that fear mongering sometimes yes. that happens like and the, there are times that like. I always say your biggest weapon on the road is like your intuition. So there are times that like you need to listen to your gut feeling. And if mm -hmm. something doesn't feel right, you get out of the situation. Um, one night when I was driving my bus across the country, the very first time from Maryland to California, I stopped at five different truck stops before I found the one. I just like each one I went to, like, just didn't feel quite right. Like one didn't have enough lighting. One, the parking situation was really rough. And I was like, I might get stuck here. It was like not as hard packed as I would have liked, um, which is definitely something that you've got to think about when you're driving a rig that's 26 ton, like you never want to get stuck. Um, but yeah, so I think your intuition is like a huge part of it. People, especially as a solo female traveler, I get that a lot. People are like, aren't you so scared? Like, aren't you scared someone's going to hurt you? And I have chosen not to live my life in fear. I live very smartly. Like I'm make good decisions. I do travel with two pit bulls and I do have a lot of weapons on boards besides my intuition, which like I said, is my best weapon. Um, but I feel more safe in my bus than I ever did in my apartment in Alexandria. I've no. never, I mean, I've never gotten followed home from a bar in my bus, which I have twice in Alexandria to the point that like, I was very concerned about my safety, thinking that this guy was going to break into my apartment. So, um, and Alexandria isn't even known as like a rough exactly. town by any means. <laughs> yeah. But like, I feel so, so safe. And most of the women that I've met on the road, I'd say like 99% of them would definitely say like, I feel safer in my vehicle than I ever have living in 
like a traditional, well, what there's a term. Um, so there's van lifers and then there's grid kids. So grid, grid kids, kids are those <laughs> grid kids are those who, you know, live in houses, grid kids <laughs> and then van lifers. So a lot of my van life friends will say they feel safer than grid kids because yeah. 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 I'd say I'm, I guess I'm a grid kid then. <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with being a grid kid. I, I like mean, the it, name's man. super cute. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm a part-time. So I would say I've been on the road now for about six months full-time. Before that, I was doing part-time. Um, and when my partner gets back from her deployment, um, I will not be doing this full-time. I'll be going back out every few months. So I like to go I like to be with my partner for like two or three months and then I hit the road for a month and then I come back and go back and forth, which I love that flexibility um, yeah. because I would never, since my partner is in the, the military, she cannot have the flexibility of doing van life. Um, but I also wouldn't ever pressure her to make this decision. Like I said, it's not an easy lifestyle and it's definitely something you have to be passionate about. Just like if you're a teacher who's severely underpaid in our country right now, you have to be passionate about what you're doing, you know? So I think that I would never try to pressure anyone, especially my partner into the lifestyle. Um, so I, I get to have the awesome choice of like when I come and go. Yeah, that's nice. As a van lifer. Yeah. A lot of freedom yeah. in that. Like what have you yeah. learned the most about yourself in, in these journeys across Dude, the country? I'm a fucking badass. <laughs> like that's what I've learned. Uh, I, so growing up, um, I definitely kind of fell into being conditioned that like the whole, you need a man in your life to do certain things. Mm. I have used, I think four different saws building out my bus. I've done my plumbing. I have installed all my own electric. I did all the 12 volt wiring. I helped with the 120 volts, still learning that. I actually just asked my father, he's rewiring some parts of my parents' house, which is where I am right now while I'm working on the butts a little bit more before hitting the road, because it is 98 degrees here. So it's just a little too hot to be trying to work on the road. I need to get north pretty quick. So like, I can't be making these fixes on my bus while I'm on the East Coast. Yeah. Um, so I actually asked my dad if he would teach me a little bit more about 120 uh, wiring, because that's something I really want to learn. Um, but I think the biggest thing that I've learned is the self-confidence, like driving a 30 foot school bus you've got to be confident. Like, yeah. and I picked it up. So I picked it up in Tennessee. Um, I had driven it two miles when I, but before I bought it, um, drove it down the road and right back and handed over my money. And a month later came down, I flew down to Knoxville, drove up to Kingsport and drove it eight and a half hours home that day. Like there was no, there was no questioning it. Like my dad didn't come with me. It was all just me. And at first I was like, how am I going to do this without like my dad, like, how am I going to, and I was like, no, you do not need someone with you. You can do this. It was a lot of deep breaths. It was a lot of like learning. She, um, so Shakti moves around the road a lot. Like you have to be completely focused. It's not something like a lot of times I won't even listen to like a podcast or, or music on the road. I just sit in silence because she is constantly moving. So like the steering wheel that you see in movies yeah, where people are driving, yeah. you're like, no car drives like that. Shakti drives like that. Yeah. Shakti, like you don't pay attention for a second you're in the next lane. So yeah. she is a force to be reckoned with. I take that, I take a lot of responsibility for driving that bus, um, which I think that's another thing is like, just the understanding of the power of a, a machine like that on the road. Um, and turns out they let anyone drive a school bus. 
Like you just have to have, so I have a class C driver's license. You do not have to have a CDL. Um, I believe it's for under 40 feet. Specifically in Virginia, you can drive. I just checked this out because I drove in Pride a few weeks ago. And um, in DC, you could be, I, it has to be under 26 ton. I'm like 25.5 ton. And you can have 16 passengers uh, with a class D license. So I checked all that out before driving in Pride. Uh, Pride did not even check my driver's license or my registration. So it turns out I had nothing to worry about. <laughs> um slightly alarming but that's all right Got slightly pride. for sure slightly yeah. yeah that's one of my feedback sounds like a lot of things in life these days <laughs> like, yeah yeah i was like you guys just let me drive through a crowd of like thousands and thousands of people without yeah. any checking of my credentials so that's going to be some feedback for next year because i do think i do think there should be at least a little bit of 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 check and balance with yeah. that but um <laughs> I, yeah i think the biggest thing that i've learned is just self-confidence like you make all your decisions yourself, like every financial decision that you're making on the road, every place that you're going to park, like listening to that intuition again, but everything like you have to be confident. And even like people who might, who have come into my life who are in van life, who might consider themselves shy. I look at them as being some of the most confident people in my life, because to be able to do this and pick up and go out and be by yourself for days or weeks and have to make all these decisions yourself it takes a lot of confidence so yeah that's what i've learned it's yeah. amazing see this is an amazing story so like, <laughs> this is a human story sarah <laughs> like, <laughs> we need yeah. more of this is what i'm saying like we it's, need yeah it's crazy to see um kind of how far i've come since i was like i said when i was 27 to coming out i felt like that was kind of my first step i never ever ever thought i'd come out and then I made that leap and all of a sudden I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Why did you think like, you'd never come out? So again, coming back to my hometown, um, one of the nicknames is the town, the city of steeples is it's dubbed its name. So um, again, just kind of like suppressing that for so many years. And then I married an amazing guy, absolutely incredible human, just a guy like that was, the only downside like he that was the downside <laughs> that yeah and i just couldn't do it any longer and he felt it too like he, he did he oh he said a couple of things that and i think that one of the things that broke my heart this is a few months before i came out he actually said to me um do you not find me attractive because you don't look at me the other way other women do at bars and when he said that to me i realized that i was no longer damaging just myself but i was hurting him in this process oh. and at that point i was like it's time to make a change like yeah. it's like i cannot keep doing this to this person who deserves to be loved in the way he deserves because i and i do i i, I never did not not love him like i always loved him just in a totally different way yeah so coming out was really hard i was really scared um, I had never even had like conversations like that with my parents before. Um, and so I didn't really know how they were going to take it. I didn't know if they were going to be accepting. I didn't know if they were going to want me to stay in their life. And it was crazy. Like I have one of the most probably positive coming out stories ever. Like I came out to my parents the next day they came and helped me move out of my ex's and I's apartment. And just like, not once did they ever question it. They never were like, Beautiful. this is just a phase. No, it was just like, all right, we got you. And they just came down. Yeah, I have a really 
if I would have known that this is how my life could be when I was 26 or 27, I would never have believed it because I was tormented for so long. I was torturing myself. I was torturing myself. And now like, I'm very happy with my life. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you seem very happy, you know? Yeah. uh, Yeah. But it, I do find it it's interesting when I meet people like yourself that have these incredible stories, there's almost this disbelief in the person's own story, you know, and like <laughs> how you feel about your life. Yeah. And that's what I think I was telling my wife this other day. I was like, she just doesn't think it's like that incredible. I'm like, I just think it's funny the perspective that people have about themselves and but how someone else sees yeah. them, their life. And that's the beauty is like, you may be doing something that feels, I don't know, mundane or just normal life for you, but someone else may think it's truly artistic and a piece of, yeah, and like something that the world needs to hear, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I just want to spread positivity. Exactly. <laughs> that's, it. that's all like, that's, that's what keeps me going whenever it gets really hard. Um, I, one of the things that I say to myself is like, you're not trying to change the world. I'm not, I don't want to change the world. Yeah. I just, every single day, if I can have a positive effect on one person's life, that's what I care about. Like whether that's like something super small, like a compliment, or I always think that you should speak up. Um, yesterday I went to a concert, like a brewery with my parents and they mm-hmm. had a, a live performer. And, um, I noticed that the performer was a lesbian. I saw her partner and they both had rainbow earrings. I'm always looking out for stuff like that. I was like, I'm, yeah. I think they're gay. <laughs> and, uh, it's just like, oh, they're gay. Like I see it. And like, I, I know this is the adult it. gay in you. Yes. This is the, yes. uh, <laughs> the adult gay. Yes. It's been a long time to have gaydar. Yeah. Um, I can't even tell you how many straight women I asked out at gay bars. You're like, wait a minute. I have no gay bar. <laughs> yep. It's, or I hadn't, yeah, I had no gaydar and I just kept, I mean, it wasn't developed yet. for anyone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I saw them. And so last night I reached out and I just said like how powerful it was to see her out. Like she had stickers, she had her earrings in. Her wife was obviously like in the audience being very supportive. Yeah. And I just reached out and I was like, I just want to let you know, like how much that means to me being in Western Maryland where I grew up, where I never had this type of representation. Yeah. Seeing that was huge. And so I just think that like, if you have an experience like that, reaching out. Cause she, she reached back out to me and just said like, this made my week. And thank you so much for saying this to me. And I think that whenever you have those types of experiences that positively affect your life, you should let them know. I agree. I'm huge. I'm so into that. I love telling people stuff like, that. I think it's really important. And, yeah. uh, I think it was, it was just so funny when I saw your profile and the booty bus thing, I said, click, I'll be clicking on this. And then I'm reading about it. I was like, click, I'll be reaching out to this. <laughs> you know, like, but I thought it was interesting. This is a peer inside because we're doing these pre-production meetings, Sarah and I right now about setting up this whole thing and documenting it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I found our meeting yesterday to be particularly very interesting. Like, in- oh, really? I'm going to tell you why. Okay. 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 One, because there were some expectations that you maybe thought or yes. some questions, yeah. right? Around financial yeah. and stuff like that. And that uh, somewhat kind of broke my heart a little bit on some of that, because it was a peer inside how you've been, some of your experiences previously related yeah. to that. And yeah. that I think was, uh, it just, but it just shows like the different experiences you have with people 
and yeah. how we take those experiences and sometimes put those expectations into other opportunities like yeah. that. And oh, yeah. I want this to be an exploration of like, this is honest. This isn't about ulterior motives. We're yes. not doing this to do some get followers or all this stuff. Like it's no. just art, man. It's just yeah. like, yeah, just spreading positivity, just spreading positivity. My, yeah. There's a great Instagram. Um, I think it's called radiate positivity. Mm. And so they hand out stickers and all kinds of stuff all over the country. So they're radiate positivity. I don't know who runs that account, mm -hmm. but it's all about exactly what it sounds like radiating positivity. And so I love it when I see those bumper stickers, I'm just like, yes, like another positive person, like someone that just wants to like have a small improvement on other people's lives. I like that small improvement. That's interesting. Yeah, that's it. It's that's it, that's it. right. That's all right? it is like small improvements. Like, yeah. Yeah. And not this kind of like I was just talking to another guest about this, not this kind of like overwhelming world changing positivity that feels yeah. unattainable. It yeah, feels exactly. that's not real life. Like, no. you know, like there's being positive and then is recognizing that difficult times happen as well. Yeah. You know, yeah, totally. And I think that's something it's important to broadcast. It's like that's the problem with social media. A lot of times it's just it's like this overly project over projection of positivity like that no one has bad times like that's crazy yeah that is that is that's a lot absolutely of it crazy and i've actually seen a lot of the van life kind of um demythifying van life because there had mm. there was such a huge push on like look at how beautiful this is and look at where <laughs> i wake up every day and this is i drink my coffee at 6 a.m with the sunrise and people are starting yeah. to be like no that no. is not it at all no, no. like <laughs> No, and it's beautiful. So like, expect, I mean, I follow most of the van people I follow are all of my van life. And we've got yeah. somebody who has like over 100,000 followers to like me who has like 3,000 followers. Yeah. So we're like all over the board, but like we've got comedians in the group that are freaking hilarious, but they're all so real. Like they don't try to like, they definitely show the pretty side because that's the thing. Like van life is beautiful. Sure. It really is. But there's also like a lot of shittiness that comes with it. Like you mm. clean your rig like two times a day because it gets you go outside and you come back in and it's just dirt everywhere. And you're just like, yeah. how did this happen? Or like <laughs> me, I have two pit bulls and it just looks like it's constantly snowing inside of my bus yeah. because they will like jump off the bed and it's just like <sighs> hair. It's like <laughs> everywhere. So I'm vacuuming all the time. Um, so I love, I love it whenever I see people sharing like the real life stories so that, especially for those of us, like who are interested in getting into van life, like people yeah. who are like, you know, I'd like to make this step, but like, it's very appealing when everything looks so easy, right? Like, it's like, oh my God, I want to wake up in the Grand Tetons and have my coffee, or <laughs> I want to go hike in Sedona and do Angel's Landing and come back and cuddle yeah. in bed. And then you forget like, oh shit, I don't get to take a shower after I do that hike. This sucks. Cause for yeah. the longest time I did not have a shower. I do now I have an outdoor shower. Thank goodness, hot water, everything. And I'm like, Beautiful. I don't know if I'm going to use it more or if I'm going to be cleaning my dogs more either way. Yeah. Very excited to have it. But like, I didn't even have run running water in my bus for the first seven months. Like to do my dishes, I would spray down with water with one spray bottle, spray another bottle with soap and water, and that's how I did my dishes. It's like yeah. spray, spray, spray. <laughs> and that like, and it's so I love seeing like the true. What what it really like the honest look into this yeah. lifestyle. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think that's how people can make the best decision of, of almost anything. Oh, in definitely. Life. If you give them the full yeah. picture, then exactly. they can say this is for me or not. But if you just say, oh, this is just happy, happy, joy, joy all the time. And then they get into it. They're like, wait, there's a lot of bullshit here. That they, no, <laughs> There's a lot of bullshit. <laughs> like, there's wait a, a minute. There's a lot. You you literally <laughs> clean your own bullshit up because yeah. you've got a composting <laughs> toilet and you've got to figure out where you're going to dump your shit. Like that's right. There is. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, so I don't have a, I don't have a black tank. So I love, I love that. I don't have a black tank. I love my composting toilet. It's absolutely phenomenal. Um, people are like, doesn't your bus smell? No, it doesn't smell at all. There's an, yeah. there's a fan that takes the odor out, but because of that, like, you've got to like dump your pee every day to two days, like, and you've got to find places to put it because you can't just like take it outside. Like you can't just put that much urine into the ground right in Ooh. front of you. No, 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 no. So you've either got to find like public restrooms where you can do it or yeah. porta potties or like one of my friends said, we, the last event that I went to, um, in like February or something, it was called Schooly Palooza. And we had a sit down meeting with like 70 of us where we all sat around and talked about how we're affecting the environment, because that's a big part of van life as well as trying to like be as minimal on the environment as possible. And so because we are living in close proximity to like these national parks and like people's like backyards with BLM, um, it's really important to make sure that you're making the right decisions. And one of the things that we were told is never dump, just like take your gallon of pee and just dump it out in one spot, like take your pee on a date, like walk it around, Yeah. make sure like you're getting it. Like you don't want to dump it too close to, to trees. Anyways, I'm getting right. way off topic here. I can talk about <laughs> pee and poo all day. We do. And the van life community, that's a huge part as well. Make but, sure that ends um, up on the audio. Okay. And the, uh, exactly. <laughs> in our oh, sound bank. <laughs> trust me. We definitely do. That's like, that's one of the things we talk about. Cause we're yeah. always trying to figure it out together. And that's one of the beautiful things. There is nothing that's like, there's nothing that's untouched like yeah especially for those of us like I lived like I said in my Subaru Forester and when I went to Sedona there's not a lot of trees or vegetation there so when I went off to walk I could see the vans that I was camping with that I just met 24 hours before I could see them walking around the campground and we just kind of knew like when one of us walked off you just made sure you didn't look over that way like easily could have made eye contact with them while I was going to the bathroom because that's that's yeah yeah, that's life. So yeah. you get very close to people very quickly and you learn not to be embarrassed about anything. Like there is yeah. no embarrassment unless <laughs> you're hurting the environment and then they 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 very politely correct you. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, this it's amazing. It's, it's a great preview of what you're going to be hearing in this series. Uh, it's going to be amazing. Um, Sarah, please tell everybody how they can connect with you. And part of this too, you know, she's doing these boudoir uh, photograph sessions with, um, women all across the country in the tour. Um, yep. we'll probably put the, pay what you can. I'll put the tour dates in the show notes too. I think that'll be good for this. Okay. Perfect. In a way, yeah. Um, in contact for Sarah. So if you want to get photographed and she has openings and, and, uh, during the time, um, what an incredible opportunity for that. So please yeah. let everybody know. So um, my pay what you can tour, you can sign up on my website. It's uh, thebootybus.com, or you can find me on Instagram at bigbootybus and how booty spell them both of these is like boudoir. So B-O-U-D-I-E, thebootybus.com and bigbootybus on Instagram. And like I said, I just want to reiterate it. Um, this is all pay what you can. 
there is absolutely no minimum. There is absolutely no requirement. Um, this is really the whole point of, of this tour and the whole point of why I'm doing this is to be accessible to all women and non-binary individuals. Fantastic. Sarah Marcella, everyone. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you.